This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Jesus calls his followers to a lifestyle that is distinct from that of the world around us. These past few weeks, we've discussed how to be distinct in our character, our approach to conflict, our sexual lifestyle, and our integrity. Today, we will continue our series as we explore our being distinctive in our reaction. How do you react towards someone who has hurt you? Jesus has some counsel for us today on that subject. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Merciful and loving God and Father, on this day of worship, we recall your faithfulness and grace. While this world was captive to sin and death and the power of the devil, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to set us free through his suffering, death, and resurrection. You kept your promise, and you continue to keep your promises to walk graciously with us and lead us through the ups and downs of life. We thank you for all that you have done. Amen. As we continue on with our sermon series entitled Distinct, we're in Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 38. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. Here ends our reading. Dear friends, getting hurt is an unavoidable part of life. After all, we live in a broken world, so people get hurt. Some of these hurts come from difficult circumstances, but some of our worst hurts come from people who strike out at us with their words or their actions. For instance, uh, the child going to grade school. It might be that she is being picked on at school by a bully. Or if you're a youth going to high school, someone has started a rumor about you saying untrue things, wrecking your reputation. Or as an adult, the hurt might come from the form of a deep disappointment when someone you loved broke the trust. So how do you deal with this person who has hurt you? I think that's a tough question. A tough question which faces every follower of Jesus who wants to be faithful to the teachings of Jesus Christ, which are quite different from what our human emotions or our culture tells us to do. One common reaction towards those who have hurt us is to apply the law of tit for tat. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You gossip about me, I'll gossip back about you. You insult me, I'll one-up you and insult you too. Maybe you've heard the children's uh, little children's rhyme, tit for tat, sugar for fat, you kill my dog, I kill your cat. Well, this reaction has been called the eye for an eye law, which comes from the Code of Hammurabi, 
about 2,300 years before Jesus came around. This law taught that uh, this is the correct way to deal with a person who has committed evil. The same teaching you can find in the Old Testament, in Exodus and Leviticus. For instance, in Exodus, Moses, speaking on God's behalf, says to the people of Israel, If any harm follows when two people are going after one another, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. These words seem to be rather harsh at first hearing. However, there is an element of mercy in this teaching when you think about it. The punishment is no more than the equivalent of the injury one had inflicted on another person. Can't do any more to that person in the punishment. They were not given, by the way, to be used in a vigilante sort of way. This was civil law for the judges of Moses' community to follow, according to the context of this command. It was a means of maintaining law and order in a fallen world. These laws were never intended to be employed in personal relationships to get revenge. But it appears that this was being practiced and even encouraged by the religious establishment during the time of Jesus. It was being used for the purpose of personal revenge. And so in our passage for today, he is responding to that. He uh, introduces us as citizens of his kingdom to another way of treating the person who has hurt us. It's the Jesus way. Here's his words. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. I don't know about you, but I consider these to be some of the most difficult words in the New Testament to interpret and even to try to live by. They come off as impractical, don't they? I mean, wouldn't people take advantage of others if we followed Jesus' counsel like this? And how could a Christian person accept the appointment to be a judge in a court of law if he didn't punish the person who had hurt another individual? It's important for us, though, to understand that since God has instituted the government to maintain order, there must be punishment for Punishment does deter crime or the breaking of the law, and Jesus is not disputing this. In fact, our Lord taught us to be faithful citizens of the state and to uphold the civil laws. The Apostle Paul does this as well in his letter to the Romans, and the Apostle Peter, who walked with Jesus, says he uh, talks about the same thing in one of his letters in the New Testament. Now, in this particular admonition from Jesus to be merciful to the offender, to actually be kind of generously merciful, it's important to remember that Jesus is talking about Christians, or he's talking to Christians in their personal relationships. Jesus is saying to us, don't counter evil with evil, but evil 
with good and hatred with love. The Christian reacts to the person who has hurt him or her not with retaliation and revenge, but with mercy and love. The situations Jesus is describing here are not meant to be taken as wooden rules to be followed, but they're simply illustrations of what this principle of non-retaliation would look like in our relationships if we applied them. This is a hard one for us to understand and put to work, I admit. Here's an explanation, though, that I found from a few years ago that has been helpful for me in understanding these words of Jesus. The writer says, Retaliation comes when I put myself in the center of life. I reason, then, if you hurt me, I'll hurt you. But mercy takes one's self out of the center and puts the other person on the throne. Now the offended person no longer reasons, what is right for me who has been hurt must be done. Rather, he says, what is good for the person who hurt me is more important. If we deal with our brother or our sister in mercy and love, we then ask some important questions. Why did he hurt me? What's his story? What's his background? It's not to condone what he's done to me, but to better understand him and perhaps see his needs. Jesus says that we are always to be anxious to help this kind of person, to help them get back to God. That's to be our heart, our attitude as citizens of God's kingdom. I remember the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, don't think that you can take vengeance. Vengeance is not ours to exercise. And then he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So we leave things like revenge in the hands of God, judgment in the hands of God. It's not for us to desire or seek or carry out personal revenge. Now I know that sometimes the most merciful thing to do for another person that has hurt you is to resist for the purpose though of bringing the offender to his or her senses for his or her own good i'm reminded of paul for instance resisting peter over peter's poor treatment of non-jews in the book of acts he was being a real headache for paul's ministry and so paul got in his face about it and told him to back down now this is not retaliation it's not done for the sake of the one who was hurt. It's done for the sake of the offender. It's actually an act of love. The bottom line of all of this is love of the other. Not my pride or my rights, but love. When you think about this, Jesus modeled non-retaliation, didn't he? For instance, it was written of him in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, quote, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Well, in the event of his arrest and crucifixion, first the Jewish police spat upon him and struck him in the face, and then the Roman soldiers followed suit. They crowned him with thorns, mocked him as they clothed him in imperial purple, and jeered at him, Hail, King of the Jews, and hit him in the head. 
And Jesus, with the infinite dignity and strength of self-control and love, held his peace. He refused to retaliate. And this suffering servant calls his disciples, like you and me, to be visible participants in the cross. Peter put it this way in First Peter, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow his steps. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he trusted to him who judges justly. You see, Jesus is not calling us to weakness, but to be strong, strong with self-control and love that overcomes our need for retaliation and revenge. I don't know anybody who's expressed Christ's teachings in more relevant modern terms than Dr. Martin Luther King, the great fighter for civil rights in our country. There can be no doubt of the unjust sufferings which Dr. King had to endure. At his funeral, Dr. Benjamin Ways listed them as he spoke of his friend. If any man, he says, know, knew the meaning of the word suffering, Martin knew. House bombed, living day by day for 13 years under constant threats of death, maliciously accused of being a communist, falsely accused of being insincere, stabbed by a member of his own race, slugged in a hotel lobby, jailed over 20 times, occasionally deeply hurt because friends betrayed him. And yet, this man had no bitterness in his heart, no rancor in his soul, no revenge in his mind. And he went up and down the length and breadth of this world preaching nonviolence and the redemptive power of love. That's what Jesus was talking about in these words on the Sermon on the Mount. So where in the world do I get strength to react to the evildoer with someone who's doing evil to me with such mercy? After all, I'm only a human being, and this seems very costly, and it's not natural. I'm brought up thinking about taking care of myself and protection. As I pointed out earlier, this kind of mercy and love can flow from our hearts only when we live in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When we place our trust in him and all that he has done for us at the cross, paying for our sins through his sacrificial death, as we surrender our lives to his care and say, I want to follow you, we are given a new birth. And the regenerating Holy Spirit of God resides within us, and that Spirit can empower us and help us to strive to do Christ's Word in our lives. As we live in a close relationship with Jesus in His Word, we learn from Him. He disciples us. As we see him praying for the crowds who are mocking and cursing him at the foot of the cross, and he's praying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We ask ourselves, how in the world could he do that? And as we think back through the Gospels, as he's been teaching us, we remember things. He shows us that Jesus sees something in everybody. He saw in those faces that were mocking him persons created in God's image who God loves. 
and beneath the hardened shell of that individual who is hurting you, you can begin to see what that person could be if he or she just got connected to Jesus Christ. Of course, Jesus, as we live with him and his word, teaches us of God's generosity and all he's done for us. The one who would not withhold his own son, will he, will he not give us all things? And he says, God will take care of you. You belong to him forever. So trust him. He'll take care of you. And Jesus teaches us, as we read through those Gospels and live with him, the power of daily prayer, asking God for power and grace and faith to guide us as we live in relationships with people that sometimes want to hurt us. And then remember your purpose as a citizen of God's kingdom when you're wondering, how can I do this? Remember your purpose. Your purpose ultimately is to lead others to Jesus. The purpose for such merciful action is to win that person who attacked you for Jesus Christ and to restore that broken relationship. And retaliating and revenge will not accomplish that. It is only mercy and love that can break down a hateful spirit. Citizens of God's kingdom will actually cause utter amazement by following the way of Jesus in response to insults or being unjustly used or taken advantage of. I came across a book by Dr. Michael Green, a commentary on Matthew's Gospel. He is an evangelist, a well-known research person at the University of Oxford, and he writes, When the wronged party shows generosity to the one who has committed the wrong, it is immensely powerful. I was speaking about this once to a black Christian leader in South Africa, and I asked him how he responded on the many occasions he had been humiliated and pushed around by whites. He replied along these lines, When I have been unjustly forced into some menial action, I complete it and then turn and ask my, quote, boss, if there is anything else that he would like me to do to help him. This totally takes the wind out of his sails. He can hardly believe any wronged party would respond like that. And consider this. If Jesus had cursed the people who were cursing him at the cross, they would have been delighted to see him die. But because he prayed for them, some of them went to their homes asking the question, Is he who he said he was? And a hardened Roman soldier even said, Truly, this is the Son of God. Remember your purpose under Christ. I know, these are challenging words Jesus has for us today. So may God give each one of us the grace and the faith to apply these words of Jesus in our personal relationships. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, these are very challenging words for us to hear because our natural instinct is to hit back when someone hurts us. Be our strength and our guide as we commit ourselves to being doers of your word. Help us to have faith in your assurances that you love us and will take care of us forever.
In Christ's name we ask this. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you remember your purpose under Christ and experience the grace and faith needed to apply these challenging words of Jesus in our personal relationships. A memorial gift is a meaningful way to remember a loved one on their birthday, anniversary, or other occasion. Your prayers and gifts allow us to continue bringing the gospel message to thousands of listeners each week. Please direct your gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or call our office to learn more at 1-888-693-2484. That's 1-888-MY-FAITH. In the Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Iowa area, simply dial 2770924. We thank those who have remembered someone in this way with a gift to this ministry. We encourage you to visit us on the Internet where you can download today's program and read the message. You can also find previous broadcasts of the shows as well. Visit us online today on our website, christiancrusaders.org. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to proclaiming the unadulterated word of Jesus Christ to our world. Feel free to contact us online or by mail. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Or you may call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. We are happy you were able to worship with us today and pray you can join us again next Sunday. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders, on air and online now in its 81st year of continuously broadcasting biblical truth.